0: Let's go to Numbers. Let's go back to the book of Numbers. And uh, I just kind of want to pick up almost where I left off uh, last Sunday. We're sort of in a series, a theme here that we're working through. And uh, I just want to try to tie these last few thoughts together today. And uh, just believe God to give us the breakthrough that we need. We're pushing on things. We're, we're, we're pressing into that next dimension because we refuse to be held back by anything that the enemy wants to do. Amen? So we're just pressing in really hard. So Numbers chapter 11, and want will skip, skip around a little bit, read a few verses. Verse number 1 says, Now the people became like those who complained of adversity in the hearing of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. And the people therefore cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the Lord and the fire died out. So the name of that place was called Taberah because of the fire of the Lord that burned among them. And then the rabble or the mixed multitude who were among them had greedy desires. And also the sons of Israel wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish that we used to eat for free in Egypt. We remember the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our appetite is gone and there is nothing at all to look at except this manna. Just a bunch of grumbling folks is what we're dealing with right here. Just a bunch of people fussing and complaining. And I'm gonna skip around. Verse number 14. And Moses said, I alone am not able to carry all of these people because it is too burdensome for me. So if you're going to deal thus with me, this is him talking to the Lord. He said, Lord, just just go ahead and kill me. Just let's let's just let's just end this misery now. It, it, but if I found favor in your sight and do not let me see my wretchedness. Now let me just pause there just for a moment. That that word wretchedness literally deals with the concept of incompetence. That's what it literally means. It's it's about dealing with the capacity to handle wherever God's taken you. And he said, Lord, don't don't get me out here and then let me have all this wretchedness. Don't don't get me out here and then I don't have the ability to manage the level that you're taking me on. So so that's what he's dealing with. And so so verse number 16, And the Lord therefore said to Moses, Gather for me seventy men from the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and their officers, and bring them to the tent of meeting, and, and, and let them take their stand there with you. And I will come down and speak with you, and I will take of the Spirit who is upon you, and I will put him, the Spirit, upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you will not bear it alone. Look with me in verse number 24. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. Also, he gathered the 70 men of Israel of the people and stationed them around the tent. And then the Lord came down in the cloud and he spoke to him and he took of the spirit who was upon him and placed it upon the 70 elders and when the spirit rested upon them they prophesied somebody shout they prophesied they prophesied and they did not do it again the king james says and they prophesied and they did not cease prophesying now this may not be on the screen unless the guys can find it real quick but i want to go to verse number 29 of that same chapter verse number 29 and moses said to him are you jealous for my sake Would that all of the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put His Spirit upon them. In other words, he's saying, I I wish that all of God's people would prophesy. Wish that all of God's people would put a word of the Lord in their mouth and say something. So we've been talking about, this is our series, we've been talking about God is making room for me. And so I just put another subtitle to it today. I'm just calling it Level changers Level changers How many level changers do we have in the building today? People who are just willing to break some levels in your life I mean just really like some system breakers Level changers History maker kind of people People who are ready to break some levels Amen Come on high five about three people And tell them I am a level changer Come on just tell them I am a level changer I'm a level changer I am, I am a level, I'm a level. Come on, find somebody else standing around you that don't look like they want to move real good and push on them. Say, you are a level changer. Come on, you are a level changer. You are a level changer. Come on, stir up the spirit of prophecy in the house with me. With it, all of God's people would prophesy. Wish somebody would put a word from the Lord in their mouth and say something. Amen, 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 amen. I am, I am, I am a level changer, changer. Amen. So let me pray for you. Father, this morning we thank you for the spirit and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you today for what you're going to do in the midst of all of us today as we stand under the umbrella of your presence. Lord, we thank you today that your, that your arm is not short, that it cannot reach. Lord, we thank you that the spirit of God is moving. Holy Spirit, use me. Let me speak as it were the oracles of God. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher, the teacher, you're the revelator, you're the revealer of all truth. Thank you today for what you're going to do in hearts and lives, and we give you all the glory, all the honor. Lord, we thank you that mindsets are going to be shifted today. Levels are going to be broken today in people's lives, and we praise you now. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody together said amen. And amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It's also good to have Raylan Callahan, Callahan over here, right there. There she is. I don't know why she keeps showing up in Closton. I don't know what's going on over there. Just something going on. Micah's birthday, I think. Yeah. Micah turned 19 the other day. We're so blessed to have him growing up. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let's, let's see if we can't wear this thing out a little bit today. I was thinking about these few passages of scripture, and uh, even over the last couple weeks. Now, if you weren't here the last two Sundays, you're going to be missing out on a lot because I'm not going to have time to go back and, and catch all of us up to speed because we're just we're moving. But the, um, I was thinking about these few passages of scripture and how it relates to us. But as you read throughout the Old Testament and you begin to follow the life and the patterns of some of the old patriarchs in the Old Testament, guys like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you just follow their, their life, their patterns, all the way through to Joseph, you find out that as you're reading about those patriarchs, you find out that these people were prosperous people in their day these people were what I'm calling level changers of their day. And they were leaders. They were leaders who gave oversight to groups of people and even to entire nations all the way through to generations of people. They were, they were, they were people of commerce. They were people of business. And uh, eventually it became what we know as Christianity. Then it was monotheistic religion. It's the worship of one God through Abraham. And then we finally get to Christianity as you move into the New Testament. But these were the founders of it. And these guys were, were, were not beggars. These guys were not lazy. These guys were not misfits. These guys were movers and they were shakers as it relates to the things of the world. And, but, but something happens after the Joseph generation. Because the Bible says in Exodus chapter 1 verse number 8. That a new king began to arise over Egypt who did not know Joseph. So a new king was rising in the land, and this new king, Pharaoh, uh, began to exploit the people to the point that their gifts were not being utilized, and creativity of the people of God was being suppressed, and they came under what we've been talking about now for the last few weeks. They came under a system that was limiting their progress. They, they got tied to a system That was limiting their their progress forward into the things of life and and into the things of God. And so now you have it where you have the people of promise. uh, Because now they're in Egypt, this Pharaoh, this new king began to rise who did not know Joseph. and And Israel was very successful in Egypt at that time. But when this new king began to arise, he began to exploit their gifts and their creativity, and he began to enslave them to a system that ultimately locked them down for over 400 years. They, they became locked into a mindset, an ideology, a, a way of doing things, a system that locked them down for over 400 years. And so I was telling you last week that many times people become limited in their progress based on the systems that they find themselves in. And it's not that the people in our text were less intelligent than the generation before them. It's not that they weren't gifted. It's not that they weren't talented. It's not even the fact that they didn't love God. They were just tied up in a system that would not let them get up. They were locked down. They they loved God with all of their heart. They, They weren't less gifted. They weren't less talented than the generation before them who were excelling in in, in Egypt. But a new Pharaoh began to arise. Let me put it to you this way. The devil began to arise. And the devil began to create a system whereby it began to enslave a whole multiple generations of people for over 400 years. And it would not let them get up. I wonder how many people under the sound of my voice today are enslaved in a system, a mindset, a mentality that will not let you get up, that will not let you advance forward into the things of God. So in our text now, Moses arrives and he's called to deal with this system. He's called to deal with this system That's holding the people of promise into bondage. So he comes along and he's called to release the people from the system. But the problem is Moses himself was born into a house. He was born into a structure. He was born into a school of thought, a mentality that was under the same system that he was called to deliver the people from. He's born into the very system that he's called to deliver the people out of. And the truth is, everybody is born into some kind of system. Everybody is born into some level of a functioning culture that was already in place with its rules and its ideas That was already there with its ideologies, its code of ethics, and its standards. You were born into some sort of system that was pre-existing when you arrived. And, and, And if you're not careful, whether that system's a good system or a bad system, whatever system you were born into, you became culturalized To that system. And if it was a bad system. It began to limit the progress of your life. And if it was a good system. If you're not careful. You get comfortable with good. Rather than being great. And so the truth is. Everybody was born into a certain school of thought. That's the way I like to use it. Everybody was born into a a value system. That was already there. And now. Now when we begin to look at it in the way I'm just using this text, just a little bit of preview, and then we're going to kick into the next gear. Moses now is born into a household. He's born into this system, this way of thinking. He's born into this process that has already been existing for 400 years. And inside that thought... Inside that process, inside that mentality that he was born into are all kinds of generational curses. Inside that house, that structure, that order that he was born into are all kinds of generational bondages that he's called to break. Some of you have been born into a system. With all kind of generational curses that you had nothing to do with, but it, it's it's a predisposition. You 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 you've inherited the generational curses, and if you give guidance or leadance to those curses, whatever has held anybody in your family back, if you come into agreement with it, you stay locked up in the same level of bondage. That the people before you have been locked up into. I'm going to preach in a minute. Just let me get there. So, so when you have generations of people. Who have been oppressed. For generations. It begins to affect the psyche. It begins to affect how you think about things. It begins to affect how you process a thing. It, and, and if it's generational it becomes a cultural mentality on how you live, how you function, how you emote, how you do life, how you solve problems. So if, like, just for instance, if you grew up in a house that the only way that they could solve problems is foe and fist, duck and dishes, <laughs> the only way that you could get peace in your house, 911 had to be called. Y'all just keep looking this way. Don't, don't try to f- single nobody out. <laughs> I started to say tell you never he must be talking about you, but I don't want you to do that either. <laughs> so, so you 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 grow up with a mentality. You grow up with a system of thought. And, and, it, and it may not mean that it was meant to be evil, but because it was a limited way of thinking, it brought restrictions to your life. It it brought a, a dead end to your progress. And so you hear you have Moses who's called to deliver an entire group of people out of bondage, but the problem is he's born under the same bondage that he's called to lead the people out of. And if the system is negative, if the system is limited, then you have to do something. To break away from that influence. If the system has limitations on it, then you have to do something. I'm going to try it one more time. If the system has limitations to it, then you have to do something. Not the Lord. You have to do something. You you have to make some predetermined decisions. That this might be the way I was born. This might be what's holding me up over my head. But I'm not going to live under the same system that I was born into. Because I have the power to change my mind. I have the power to think a different way. I have enough revelation and information. I have enough God on the inside of me. That refuses to let me stay down when he's saying I can get up. I refuse to be bound by something that the enemy wants to throw over a generation. Let me just put it to you this way. I refuse to be bound by the American mentality that says this is as far as you can go. And because of the, of the governments or because of whatever you want to label it, because of the media, because of the economy. I refuse to be bound by anything that the world can offer when God says I can change to the next level. I can break systems out of my life. Push on somebody again and tell them I am a level changer. So, so I'm, I'm about to get there. Just hang out with me for a moment, okay? So if the system is broke, if the system is bad, if the system is messed up, you can put good things into a bad system and it will limit the good. Yeah? Yeah. You can put good people... In a bad system, come on Israel, you're not less talented, you're not less gifted, it's not that you don't love God, you're just in a system that won't let you get up. One of the the, the most uh, uh, ongoing battles that we're having as believers in America is now we have a system in America that will not promote what we believe. We have a system in America that is no longer for God, but it's anti-God and so now we have to learn as believers just because we don't have the favor of promoting God in our nation and they're trying to take God's name off of everything in our nation that still does not limit the power of God because you can be in a pharaoh system totally anti-God all the way through your life hating God all your life but you can be in that system and know that by the time the power of God gets finished you can walk right up into Pharaoh's house and say I'm about to walk up out of here and i'm not walking up out of here with nothing i'm gonna take all the gold i'm gonna take all the silver i'm gonna put bracelets on my children and it's gonna be a payback it's gonna be payback for everything that the enemy meant for harm god will turn it around and bring some good out of it come on tell somebody now i'm a level changer i'm a level changer because if you have if you have i'm about to preach Are y'all still hanging out with me for a moment Got about three amens over here. I'm waiting for this section. Just wave at me if you're still breathing. Thank you. And so we're going to move on now. We're going to move because when you're in a system, you have to be careful that the mentality of that system does not begin to dictate your way of life. That's right. That's right. And, and I, I, I'm going to get God in the middle of it here in a minute, I'm just, but I'm just trying to tell you that, that you have to make up in your own mind. Yes. I refuse to live at the level that I was born into. I refuse, it don't matter what level you're on, I don't matter how good or bad it was, I refuse to live in a system when God will open up the world to me. So in our society, let me just talk a little bit about our systems. So in our society, just talking about the American systems, in our society we have an economic system. Now whether you agree with me or not, it's still going to be the truth. (laughs) we expect in our economic system, we expect people to be in debt. We got kids that can't even get out of high school and they get an application sent in the mail for a credit card. And I'm like, you ain't even got a job. Furthermore, you won't even get out of bed. Much less mow my own yard, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna throw you're going to throw a system of debt on an irresponsible teenager, because the system is designed to keep you in debt. It's designed to keep you in debt. I mean we, we live in a nation. I, I, I want to go back to the Abraham day. I'm like, Lord, give us. Guys like Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. Give us guys like Joseph who understood economies that could turn nations around. We need some of those guys in Washington right now. We need somebody with, a, with, with an idea. We need somebody that understands economics. Because here we are now, we are like 30, mil, $30 trillion in debt. But we're so accustomed to being in debt, we don't think nothing about it. We don't, we just, we live in debt. Like the one guy said on the commercial, how do I do it? I'm in debt up to my mama's neck. Just in debt. And I'm not saying all debt is bad. You know what I'm talking about. But if you got four or five credit cards. (laughs) Let let me move on before I lose all the anointing. 30 trillion dollars. It's a system. If you give in to that system, guess what? You'll stay broke. All the days of your life. And you'll think it's normal because everybody's doing it. And what you call normal, you never get delivered from. You keep investing in. Check it on the mic one, two. And we don't even have, we don't even have a concept. Really, I don't. I don't. I'm still trying to wrap my, what is a trillion dollars? We're 30 trillion. What is a trillion? I think I used it before, but if you took $1 bills, just $1 bills, and you stacked them on top of each other. $1 bills stacked on top of each other. You know how far that would go in miles to make $1 trillion? It would go 680,000 miles. Just to give you a little bit of perspective on that. From the Earth to the Moon is two hundred thirty-nine thousand miles. Right. So, just to get one trillion, one trillion stack one dollar bill stack, it'd have to go to the Moon, back to the Earth, and almost to the Moon again yeah. to make one trillion. We're thirty. Somebody said, "I didn't know I was coming to an economy class." <laughs> it's a debt. It's a system. It's a system. How many know that if the system in your house is broke, having more kids don't fix the system? (laughs) If you got dysfunction in your house, it don't matter if you got one kid or ten kids, they all gonna be dysfunction. Just because you're having more kids don't make it a better way of life. Oh, that just proves you know how to make babies. Praise the Lord. We got it. We got it. we 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 got a. I call it a pharmaceutical system that's in control of everything. We have more people on medication than any other people group in the world. We are the most medicated society on the planet. You got to have a pill to get up. You gotta have a pill to stay up. You gotta have a pill to keep staying up. Then you gotta have a pill to go down. Don't feel no love in the house, but I'm just gonna stick with my notes. We have more people tied to prescription than any other nation in the world. And I'm not saying medication is bad, I'm not saying all that. I'm not saying none of it's bad. I'm just saying, could it be that we're being exploited? Could it be that we're being taken advantage of? And and, and I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. Because the church should have a different value system. The church should have a different information system. The church should have a different way of thinking about a thing. Come on, talk to me up in here. The church should have what the Bible calls the mind of Christ. And if we're not careful, I always like to say it this way. Who would be broke if you were free? People are living off of your pain. People are profiting from your pain. And I just like to say, who would be out of a job if I really got free? Who would be out of a job if I really understood who I was in Christ? And I begin to break levels in my life, and I didn't give in to all the things that were coming down the pipe, even though I've been predisposed to some sort of generational curse. It don't matter. The greater one lives on the inside of me. If God before me, what in the world could be against me? So I can't wait until I get cancer to start believing God. You got to start working it when you get a headache. You got got to start working it when you get a pulled muscle. You got to start working the word in your life. You can't just have this easy way of life. You got to have a foundation that builds a different mindset. Because when you've been locked up in bondage for generations, you got to have something different about you that says, you can't hold me down no matter what the report looks like. I've got a better report. I got a more powerful report. And I refuse to be limited by anything that the world can offer. Come on, tell somebody I'm a level changer. Come on, tell them, say, I'm a level changer. I'm a level, I'm a level, I'm a level changer. I'm a level, I'm a level changer. Now, just so y'all know, we're not preaching against medication. And I mean, we got doctors and nurses. We got people that work in all kinds of medical fields. Dr. Carroll's one of the best. And we, we got all these people that, that they, they have a heart to serve good. And so I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to downplay the value and the importance of what some of that can do. I'm just saying you can't live under that mindset. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. Probably, probably the, the, the most dominating system in our country is pharmaceutical. And they, they got the nerve to tell us we need to put a war on drugs. Well, it ain't all Illegal. I'm going to take a drink on that one right there. <laughs> Let me know that if the educational system is broke, just because you put a new computer in there and a new desk don't mean it's going to benefit the kid. Come on. Huh? Come on. If the system is broke, it don't matter what you put into the system, you can put smart kids in a messed up system, and the system will ruin the potential of the smart kids. It'll limit them. That's awesome. And y'all know this if you've been around here. That's why we talk about taking the seven mountains. We talk about invading every sphere of influence and culture. We talk about the business mountain, the educational mountain. We talk about just putting people in, in, in the governmental mountains. We talk about putting people in high places so we can change the systems so that everybody can rise, people can benefit. Amen. So just trying to get to where I need to go here today before we run out of time. Moses is born into this household. He's born into this way of thinking. He's born into 400 years of a slave mentality. That's what he's born into. He's born into the way you think about a thing, how you handle business, with all these curses that are attached to this mentality that says because you were born in it you can't escape from it. When you have generations of people who have been oppressed for long periods of time it affects and it shapes a culture. It shapes the mentality of how people think about a thing. How they live and function. So let's just say you were born into your household. As I told you before, you were born into a, a code of ethics. There, there, was, there was a way of doing business. And however long you grew up under that code, under that thought process, became indoctrinated in the way you process. It, it, became, it, it got so far into your psyche. I'm not talking about you not loving God. I'm just telling you, you got to have a place in your life where you understand it's a mindset. And if I don't change my mind, if I don't learn to get to the place where I am a child of the living God, then however long I've been exposed to that world, it becomes indoctrinated inside of me. And the way I behave is the result of the way I've been believing. So Moses arrives. This is what we're trying to get to. I'm about to turn the corner Moses arrives, and he's carrying what I'm calling in secular terms. He has this assignment on his life. He he has this purpose on his life. If we put it in spiritual terms, he has this anointing. He's got an anointing on his life to break the systems. He has this anointing on his life that says to the systems, I may have been born in it, but I can't be held by it. And it may be a more powerful system even at the next level, but just because I was born in it, just because it's, it, it's been affected for 400 years don't mean I got to give into it because there's an assignment on my life that won't let me stay down. There's an anointing on my life that won't let me stay under anything. There's something inside of me that says, I won't let you stay where you're at. And sometimes you got to look at yourself in the mirror. Sometimes you got to look at your children. You may have to look at your husband or your wife and you got to say, we're not going to live under that way of thinking. We're not going to live under that thought process. And you got to begin to change your mind about some things so that you can speak back to the system that's trying to put limitations on you. You got to be able to talk back. You got to be able to speak back to it. I'll show you how to do that in just a moment. So, so, So his mama sees that he's a beautiful child, puts him in the river, and I call it the flow. She puts him in the flow, and he goes down the river just a little ways. He goes down the river. He's in the flow. The flow carries him just a little ways down the river, and just a little ways down the river, they're not acting like the system that he came out of. They're not bound by the same mentality that he was born into. There's a different expectation of where he lands. Now he's, he, he, he's growing up. Watch, this is, don't miss it. He's growing up in the very system that he's called to break. Yeah, yeah, right. And the system is training him on how to speak differently, how to act different, how to talk different. The system is training about mathematics, military might and power. Learning how to come in, learning how to go out, how to shake a hand, how to hold down a business deal. He's learning how to manage what life gives him. But it's still limited. So he's got to break a system back over here where he was born. But he's got to learn about the system that he's got to break from the very source Of where that system came from. Some of you are complaining about where God has you. God's letting you learn about the levels of deficit in people's lives so you can say, I'm not going to let you stay there. I'm not going to leave it to a limited mentality so that you can rise up in your day. Come on, Moses. Come on, uh, come on, Israel. Well, this is what we need in America. This is what we need in our world. We need a generation of believers that will begin to rise and say, no matter what the system looks like, it don't matter what I was born into. It doesn't matter what I'm exposed to. It's all limited if it ain't lined up with God. It's, 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 it's a work of progress that needs to be broken and only watch only the anointing can do that y'all missed a good chance to shout amen right there so he was born into a system that limited his mentality it's a mindset look at your neighbor say it's a mindset now we're not going to cover a lot of this because we did it all last week but we we talked about what mindsets were right That, that there's something in our life some things in our life cannot be fixed With a calculator. There's some things in our life that cannot be fixed with another TikTok video. There's some things in our life that just can't be fixed with another like or another view on Instagram. Y'all ain't got to say amen. I know I'm right about it. There are just some things in life that's just not going to get fixed with another app. Or iPhone 39, whatever the number is now. I don't know. I'm I'm still in single digits. I think. No, no. What am I? A ten. I'm a ten, and we're up to 30 something. (laughs) I don't know. That ain't my world. But you got to understand that. More friends on Facebook don't break systems. So we, we were learning about these mindsets, and this, this is a scripture that we pulled from. And I'm not going to preach at it, but I'm just letting you see where it's at. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verses three and four says, "For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal; they're not fleshly, but they are mighty." In God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, the battle that we are engaged in is not natural. It gets manifested in the natural. But the battle is spiritual. And strongholds, this is this is these are our working definitions. This will be on the screen. They're the arrogant. Rebellious ideas and attitudes that opposes the will of God. That's what a stronghold is. Anything in your mind that opposes the truth of God's word, if not dealt with, becomes a place of occupation. Becomes a stronghold. That's why for every believer, under the sound of my voice, you have to have a relationship with the word. Because if you don't have a relationship with the Word, then you're going to believe the media. You're going to believe the worst report. You're going to believe the last report. Huh? If you don't have a relationship with the Word, if you don't know that all the promises of God are yes and amen... You will settle under a limited mentality and you will stay in bondage even though you're free to a measure. It's like a dog on a chain. He has a little bit of freedom until he gets to the end of that chain and then the chain reminds him you ain't totally free. You can run around in the yard a little bit, but you can't run all over the neighborhood. And that's the problem in the body of Christ. We got enough Christians who think that they are free enough, but inside they are really bound because you don't ever go to that next level. You don't ever break a mentality and you pass it down to your kids and next thing you know your kids are solving problems by screaming and hollering and fussing and fighting and it just gets into a generational curse and now everybody in the house is mad and cussing oh it's sunday morning let's go to church <laughs> Ooh, somebody said i didn't mean to come here for all this today but they're rebellious ideas and attitudes that works against the knowledge. And, and, and Paul actually terms them arguments. They're arguments that opposes the true knowledge of God. So that's what we do. We, we, we know we ain't supposed to act like that. And we feel this little bit of conviction, but, boy, you just so mad. <laughs> I done told her not to take my stapler. I done told her. Let her take it one more time. Let her take it one more, take take the staple one more time. Take it. I want to staple your I want. To, and and we just get so mad and we got conviction. But we overrule with our argument. Yeah, and what happens is you keep overruling the convictions that you have. Now you have developed a mindset. Now you have developed a thought process. And guess what? God will never promote you beyond your last level of obedience. Okay? Just trying to get through this so we can get to the shouting part. So we're called to destroy. That's, what the, that's, that's the way Paul used the terminology. You have to destroy the arguments. you got to destroy everything that opposes the will of God for your life. you got to destroy everything that opposes the word of God. Somebody asked me not too long ago, how do I know the will of God for my life? It's simple. We make it complicated. But it's simple. You want to know the, the will of God for your life? Read the word of God. The word of God is the will of God for your life. So, so there's these arguments, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, we're level changers now. We're level changers. So we're called to destroy. Let me give you another working definition just to kind of just press it in a little further. Strongholds are those destructive patterns. This will be on the screen. They're destructive patterns of thought that lead people astray and hold them hostage to sinful, harmful, and addictive behavior. That's what it is. That's what strongholds are. As we learned last week, strongholds are not demons. Quit blaming it on the devil. Not the devil. Uh, yeah, probably some of y'all ain't old enough. But remember Flip Wilson? Remember Geraldine? What's it sucker? <laughs> the devil made me do it. That was his thing, right? No, the devil didn't make you do it. You chose to do it. The devil created the environment. He created the opportunity, but you chose to argue against God. <laughs> I feel like I'm losing friends and family. I feel like we're sliding downhill. So, thank you. Thank you. I got... TC, that's you. Thank you, TC. My favorite person on the whole wide world. (laughs) The entire strategy... This will be on the screen. The entire strategy of the devil against believers is to block the knowledge or the application of God's word in our thinking. So that we stay held hostage to his lies. That's the strategy of the enemy. To keep us in bondage. Now, I'm going to switch gears here because I don't want to miss out on the last few things I need to get to you. So the purpose of preaching. The purpose of teaching. The purpose of gathering is to release an anointing against the strongholds. Of your mind to let you know that there is a different level to believe on. And it's to break down the thoughts and the process and the arguments of your mind so that you can be released to be a level changer. That's why in listen now in America, because here it is in America, it's popular to be a Christian but not be in church. It's popular to be a Christian and not be under accountability. It's popular. It's po- but just because it's popular, don't make it biblical just just, just because everybody's doing it and just because your favorite singer or your favorite so and so has a podcast or some sort of entertainment just because they get up there and wow you with their gift it doesn't mean that they're anointed and it doesn't mean that they're grounded and it doesn't mean that they have any fruit operating in their life so you have to be careful you have to be careful that, that when, you, when, when you have this unction to not to be in church you have to be careful that that's the world's way of saying to you you don't really need to change your mind that that's the way the world that's the way the enemy works like no you don't really have to be there because here it is here it is Israel you love God but you're still in bondage it's not that you don't love God it's just that you won't break the mentality You won't break the mentality over your generational upbringings that says, well, I just do what I want to do when I want to do it. I don't have to plug in. I don't have to serve. After all, look at me. God loves me and I love God. No, you know what you are? You are on your way to a downhill spiral because if you can't change your mind over what is good, you'll never change your mind over the very temptations that are coming to damn your soul. Push on somebody and tell them I'm a level changer. Now I'm a level changer. Woo! Woo! Y'all doing all right? Somebody said, I need some oxygen. Woo! Come on, just stay with it. Stay with it. George Bernard Shaw, he said it best. This, This will be on the screen. He said, Progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Progress is impossible without change and when you can't change your mind you can't change anything because haven't we all heard well that's the way we've always done it (laughs) well could it be that you've always done it wrong (laughs) or you've always done it with a level of limitations (laughs) some of y'all saying oh my god let just let the bell ring and let me get up out of here Let's just back it up to Scripture again, Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, that's how he is. What you think about the most is what you become. Watch this. Let me just help you as as believers now, me included. What drives us is not the devil. What drives us is the way we think. The devil was defeated 2,000 years ago. He has power, but not power over me as a believer. He can work power, but if he's ever going to touch me, he's got to get permission from God first. And it doesn't mean that he don't. But what, what, what drives your life is the way you think. This is what we don't want to hear in in the American Christian culture, right? Because we always want to blame it on somebody else. Well, y'all made me this way. (laughs) Here's a good one in the 21st century believers in America I'm church hurt. I'm church hurt. And I want to say, get in line, brother. Get in line, sister. We've all been hurt. But that's the reason why you're there. Because it's iron sharpening iron. It's God working out the bad so that you can learn how to progress beyond relationships that you don't agree with, beyond assignments that you don't like. And it's been, been, and you're being forced to believe and to think a different way. But I just, I've, been, I've been wounded. Well, let me give you a word. By his stripes... You're healed! Y'all ain't going to help me. I can feel it. I can feel it. Y'all watching the clock. I'm just trying to tell you, if you stay in that mentality, here's what you do, because this is what's going on in our nation. Now you are a victim. Now you have a victim mentality, and everything that's going on in your life is a result of somebody else. And I just came to tell you with a word from God, you can't be a level changer if you're always looking at somebody else to make it better for you. You got to know, I was born to break the systems. I was born to break the level that I'm on part of the fussing and fighting that we got going on is because everybody, but well, it's their fault. It's their fault. They've made me this way. No, they may have had influences to you, and you may have been brought up in some crazy, jacked up environments, and I'm not taking away the pain of your experience. I know it's real, but ladies and gentlemen, that's why you got to have a relationship with the Word. That's why you got to get back to who you are in Christ, because the Bible says He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and when I'm hurt and I'm wounded and I'm in discouraged. He will be the lifter of my head. Ooh, push on somebody say, I'm a level changer. Redemption gets me to heaven. Redemption gets me to heaven. Thank God for redemption. Thank God for Jesus. But a renewed mind brings heaven into my earth. And so many times we're, we're content to camp out with redemption. And not a renewed mind. Because redemption is not anything you did. That's right. That's right. Renewed mind is something you have to do. That's right. That's <laughs> all, to, to get redemption, all you have to say, Jesus, I surrender. That's all you had to say, Lord, come into my heart. But now if you're going to work out the promises of God in your life, you've got to learn how to think differently. You've got to get your mind to a different playing field. You got to begin to work the principles of the word of God. You got to listen. You ever read Galatians 5.22? You ever read Galatians 5.22, where it talks about the, the fruits of the Spirit? You ever read that? It talks about the nine fruits of the Spirit. And, and, and one of the fruits of the Spirit, watch this. This is for America. One of the fruits of the Spirit's is kindness. <laughs> Woo, can you imagine that? Can you imagine just Christians being kind? Come on. Come mm. on. I told a guy one time because he was like, man, you ain't doing nothing. You just you just kind. You just kind. I said, listen, don't mistake my kindness for passivity. I might be kind, but I ain't passive. I'm telling you, don't 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 pull the old chuck up. <laughs> don't, 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 don't dig down in there. I I've been I worked my whole life to keep that joker down in there somewhere. I work. I work every. Let me let me, let me break it down. I work every day to keep old Chuck down in there because I know what old Chuck will do. Right? See, I don't know. I come from old, old school a little bit. You know, I got a little bit of redneck blood in me, right? Listen, I don't care. I just I just shoot and ask questions later. Uh, come on now. Yeah, I can. I can. I can spin my head around and look like Sybil. I know, I know, I know, I know how to be mean. I know how to be nasty. But the more I work on my mind, the more I work towards the things of God, he will not let me go back to a place that he's breaking in my life because I don't want it on my children. I don't want it on my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren. So the battle starts with me. Starts right here. Push on somebody and tell them it starts right there. <laughs> Starts right there with you. Starts right there with you, you crazy rascal. <laughs> okay, all right. So remember last week, um, and I don't have time to, to work it out. Remember last week, I, t- I, I brought science into scripture, right? Because we, 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 a lot of people say, "Well, you know, that's just scripture," and a lot of people have a hard time with the supernatural. Because I mean, is scripture is supernatural. Scripture spirit. So when you read these words, you're not just reading black ink or red ink on a white paper. You're reading spirit. It's the spirit that calls to the spirits. Deep things calls unto deep things. So when God communicates with us, he don't talk to your flesh. When God communicates to us, watch this, he don't even talk to your mind. He talks to your spirit. When God speaks, he's not talking to your head because he knows your head at times is jacked up. And he definitely ain't talking to your body because your body is always neutral. Your body will do whatever your head tells it to do. So he talks to your spirit. Because once we get our spirit lined up, then we can bring our mind into subjection. Okay? So, 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 so here, here's just a few things. And, and I don't, I'm not going to bore you because I, we, we're going to go. But I was talking about how science comes into Scripture. And, and I was using uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf. With her, her references. Not so much as what she was saying, but some of her references. And and the way that ties into us is because if we're not careful, if we don't learn to change our mind, what happens is, whatever you tolerate, you can't change. Right? Whatever you tolerate, you can't change. So don't complain about what you permit. Come on. If you... Tolerate mediocrity, well, you're going to live in mediocrity. That's it. Yeah? If you tolerate wrong voices, well, what? guess what? They're going to keep informing you. Here's the big one. <laughs> big one. If you tolerate wrong relationships, wrong relationships, Listen, y'all heard me say it a thousand times. I'll eat a hamburger with anybody, but that don't mean I'm going to run with you. I know my company. Right? If you tolerate envy, jealousy, guess what? You'll live with it. People who are always jealous, they were taught to be jealous. Somebody trained them to think that way. And guess what? That jealousy is rubbing off on the people that you're around. You ever heard it's like too much drama for your mama? That's all you are. You're full of drama. Drama queen, drama king. Full of drama. Yep. <laughs> yep. You tolerate mixture, you're going to live in mixture. If you tolerate defeat and discouragement, that's where you live. Now, this is what, in, in her reference to her studies, her, her uh, what, do you, what do you call it, the, the sites. Dr. Caroline Leaf, he's a m- medical doctor, psychologist. She said there's this thing, or she cited it, and I looked it up, and, and, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I heard Vanessa say it at some, at some point, I don't know, maybe a couple years ago, last year, but there's this thing called cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Cognitive dissonance. This will be on the screen. Guys, if you can find them, all over my notes, so just if you can find that. It literally means the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude changes. It's the conclusion of holding two contradictory beliefs. That's what it is. It's a medical term. Now, this is what we're learning. You say, well, I'm going to take every thought captive. But you don't. That's cognitive dissonance. You say one thing, but you act another way. Now, that ain't Bible. That's science. Huh? You say, well, I'm more than a conqueror but you're walking around with a victim mentality. There's a disconnect. So, 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 so whenever we're not actually doing the things that we proclaim, that we profess, then all we are is caught up in a cultural Christian mentality. We know what to say, when to say it, but our life don't reflect it. And every time we feed into that, we magnify the strength of that stronghold when it's negative. It gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And then it becomes really, really hard to break. That's why, as believers, I want to close now because it's way late. There's a scientific approach, because I shared with you last week. And, and I don't mean to upset nobody, and I, want, I don't want you thinking anything that I'm trying to upset you. I'm just trying to tell you there's a different method of thinking. Yeah. Seventy-five to 98 percent of all mental, physical and behavior illnesses comes from your thought life. That's right. That means only two to 25 percent of mental illness comes from the environment or genes. Yeah. Right. Wow. So everybody now is talking about mental illness. Because you know what it is? Nobody wants to take responsibility for their actions. You ain't gotta say no. I'm just telling that's the truth. And I'm not saying that there's not mental illness out there, obviously there is. But studies are showing. Just because you make a wrong decision or you get caught don't mean you got mental illness. And just because you got repeated behavior of bad decisions, don't make it mental illness. You just keep making bad decisions. (laughs) <laughs> so, so, so research shows that our DNA, our genetic code actually changes shape according to our thoughts what drives you, your genetic code begins to change based on how you think about a thing just back it up and think about Moses can you imagine what Moses had to go through to walk up into a system that has enslaved people for 400 years He says, we ain't putting up with that system no more. I'm telling you, when you stand up in your house tonight, tomorrow, just look at yourself in the mirror and say, that system that has always kept me down, I ain't living under that system no more. I had the power to change my mind. And because I can change my mind, I can change my life. Come on, if you believe that, shout yes. Come on, if you really believe it, shout yes. Yes! All right, let me give you one more, and then we're going to go. Pastor Porter, you guys, come on. We're going to quit. Dr. Hubert Benson, he's a medical doctor, president of Harvard Medical School. This will be on the screen, a mind-body institute. He said negative thinking leads to stress, which affects our body's natural healing capacity. Everybody's wanting a miracle. Let me give you a miracle. Get out of stress. When we make poor quality decisions or we continue to choose to engage in toxic thoughts, things like unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, or anger, you know what you're doing? You're changing the DNA, the genetic code of your life, to be ugly. Now, that, that, that's, that's scientific evidence. You're changing Your natural healing capacity. People with unforgiveness has a root of bitterness if it stays there long enough. And they stay sick all the time. And they're trying to blame it on everything other than say, you know what, let me fix this. Okay, I'm losing you. Okay, everybody stand. Everybody stand. That'll help. Everybody stand. Okay, everybody stand. Hallelujah, hallelujah, look at your neighbor and say, he said, everybody stand, everybody stand, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, I feel happy now, Woo. I feel my DNA coming back, yeah. come on, stretch real good, I know it's late, stretch real good, come on, stretch, come on, come on, come on. don't, don't over spiritualize all this stuff, all right. here we go, you don't have to say amen, you don't have to do that, just let me show them to you, you can take pictures if you want, the American Medical Association, this will be on the screen, watch this, found that stress is a factor in 75% of all illnesses and diseases that people suffer from today. Hmm. I think about that sometimes when we come in here. Boy, we could probably really have a good praise service if people weren't stressed out. If people could really come in here just think about God and not think about everything in your world. The International Agency for Research on Cancer and World Health Organization concluded that 80% of cancers are due to lifestyles and not genetics. Woo! Wow. Scientist Bruce Lipton said 98% of diseases are related to lifestyle choices. 98% of diseases is a result of a lifestyle choice. In other words, you have power to change it. W.C. Willett, Research and Disease Prevention, he said only 5% of cancer and cardiovascular patients can attribute their disease to hereditary factors. Only 5%. Now, and we all know this, when you go to the doctor, they ask you, do you have a history? You got a history? You got a history of cancer? Does it run in your family? You know, we have to say yes, and, and, and that's only 5%. I'm not saying it's not a factor. I'm just saying there's a higher factor. And it all begins with the way we think. And I'm convinced today, no wonder Philippians says, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is holy, think on these things. Because when you meditate on what is good, what is right, what is pure, what is holy... That's the direction you start driving your life. Your life is driven by the directions of your thoughts. And that was the thing in our text, and we don't have time to cover today, but Moses was listening to the complaining children of Israel. They were complaining about being delivered, and they were complaining about what they had in the desert. And it's no wonder that generation never made it out because God won't move on complainers. This is the way I see it in life. I'm not going to complain about my nation. I'm going to do something in my generation for it. I know it's jacked up. I know it's messed up. But you know what we're going to do right here in Sugartown? We can't fix Washington. We can't fix uh, all these other nations of the world that are messed up. But you know what? We can fix our little corner of the world. We can say, you know what? We can put enough God right here in Sugartown. Town. We can build buildings for His glory. We can train people. We can equip people and let them go back into the seven mountains of influence and say, we are here to break the system. We are here to tell kids, you can make it. You can do this. We're here to tell struggling parents, you can come over this. We're here to tell people that are about to get a divorce, you don't have to get a divorce. You can think differently. You can love differently. You can be different if you just think different. Deuteronomy said I set before you blessing and cursing but you choose you choose what you want to live under I don't know about you but I choose life I choose life, I choose Jesus, I choose the cross, I choose the blood, I choose a a a renewed mind. I don't think the way I used to think. I don't act the way I used to act. And it's a battle, it's a fight, but every day it's a battle that I get to fight in, that I get to win. Come on, if you believe that, throw your hands up and just give him a praise. Come on. Come on, where are the praisers in the house? Come on, somebody shout, I'm a level. I'm a level breaker I'm a level breaker I'm a level breaker Level changer System breaker History maker I was born for this moment Hallelujah Come on, come on Come on, just begin to say it in your own mind I'm going to change it, I'm going to change I'm going to change it today you what Moses did he said he said to the children of Israel I'm going to find 70 elders out of 3 million people I'm going to find somebody that can carry the spirit that's on me I'm going to take the spirit and I'm going to put it on them that's what the Lord said to Moses you take that spirit that's on you and I'm going to put it on those 70 that you choose those, those people who, who are forward thinkers people, people who can prophesy Now now just just, just get out of the spiritual realm for prophecy for a moment. Prophecy is not some big spooky thing. In the context that I want to use it in, prophecy is forward speech. Forward talking. So so word of the Lord was to Moses, find somebody in this whole camp of three million people, find somebody who can speak forward. Who can think forward in their speech and let them begin to prophesy throughout the camp because this thing will get contagious. <laughs> we'll start talking people out of doubt and we'll start talking them into victory. So, so here, here's the 30-second test. Are you ready? Whatever God has said about you, put it in forward speech and not history speech. Put it in front of you and not behind you. If he said he's going to do something in your life and you ain't seen it yet, don't say it's over. Don't say my season is over. Don't say my time is over. Uh -uh. God's still working. God's still working. So you got to just put it out there. So on the count of three, just start declaring forward whatever it is in your heart in the name of Jesus. Come on. One, two, three. Lift your voice. Lord, we declare this morning we're moving forward in our thoughts. We're moving forward in our language. I'm moving forward in my family. I'm moving forward in my business. I'm moving forward in my children. My children will be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. My marriage is going to be strong. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. Come on, put it out there. Put it out there. Move forward with it. I refuse to be limited. I refuse to be detained. I refuse to be restrained. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on level changer. Come on, level changer. Change your level. Change your address. Change where you are. Speak. Declare. Prophesy. Hey. Hey. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you believe, if you believe it's happening, give God a shout. Give him a hand clap. Raise your voice. Like it's breaking. It's breaking. It's breaking all around me. Hey.